Hello and welcome to this week's Innovation Forum Monday Briefing, a regular preview to what's coming up. I'm Ian Welsh. A highlight of the year for the Innovation Forum team is our annual Sustainable Landscapes and Commodities Conference in the autumn. This year it's on the 31st of October and 1st of November in Amsterdam and I talked with my colleague Hannah Halmari about what's coming up at the event and our conversation is coming up shortly. First though, joining me to talk through some of the things to look out for this week is Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson. Welcome to the Monday Briefing, B. Hi, Ian. So tell me, what have we got coming up this week? This week on August 9th, it's the International Day of Indigenous Peoples, this year focusing on Indigenous youth as agents of change for self-determination. So it's important to note that self-determination is a basic human right under the UN Charter. However, violations of the rights of the world's Indigenous peoples have, as the UN says, become a consistent and persistent problem often because of a historical burden from their colonisation backgrounds and often also because of the contrast with a constantly changing society. So the purpose of this Awareness and Commemoration Day is to remember this right that Indigenous peoples have to make their own decisions, carry them out meaningfully and in a way that's culturally appropriate to them. So for context, there are an estimated 476 million Indigenous peoples in the world living across 90 countries. And they make up less than 5% of the world's population, but account for 15% of the poorest. And in terms of the focus on youth, the UN says that in this context of demand for self-determination, Indigenous youth are working as agents of change at the forefront of some of the world's most pressing crises facing humanity today. Obviously, their representation and participation in global efforts towards climate change mitigation and also adaptation is quite crucial, as we've seen in recent years. What are the specific roles of Indigenous peoples in climate action then? It's that Indigenous peoples have the knowledge and practices needed for the global community to scale up climate action. They've got knowledge in areas such as forests and nature conservation, sustainable fishing practices and what we would now call regenerative farming practices, which are really just traditional techniques that have been used for hundreds and thousands of years. So the UN says that through generations of close interactions with the environment, Indigenous peoples safeguard an estimated 80% of the world's remaining biodiversity. And together, the global community has an opportunity to reorient the way it interacts with nature and build resilience for all through collaborating with and learning from Indigenous peoples who are the stewards of nature. So it has been great to see this being recognised more and more in recent years with a clear Indigenous presence at the last COP and in Glasgow as well, and with businesses and the IPCC noting their importance in enriching and strengthening current and future adaptation and mitigation efforts too. More broadly, of course, there's so much more to be done in terms of supporting Indigenous peoples, protecting their rights and livelihoods and working with them to enable them to be the stewards of the environment. As you said, there's a big focus on youth in the Indigenous Peoples Day, but of course, actually, it's International Youth Day this week coming up as well. So what's planned for that? So that's on the 12th of August. The 2023 theme for that is Green Skills for Youth Towards a Sustainable World. Really, it's about how a successful transition towards a greener world will depend on the development of green skills in the population, with the young people really being the key demographic who will be needing to have those skills in the future. And green skills acknowledge abilities, values and attitudes needed to live in, develop and support a sustainable and resource efficient society. You might call those skills for the future, as they have often been called. So whilst green skills are obviously relevant to people of all ages now, they do have a heightened importance for younger people who will be contributing to the green transition for a longer period of time. Maybe some stats and facts about young people. 
Compared to a child born in 1960, a child born in 2020 will experience 6.8 times more heat waves, 2.6 times the amount of droughts, and 2.8 times the amount of crop failures, according to the UN, clearly showing that this is a group of people who are just going to be more impacted by climate change than the decision makers of today. But it's not all that bad for young people because seven out of 10 young people want to be actively engaged in the green transition, the UN says. And by 2030, 8.4 million jobs will be created for young people by the green transition. For each green job, 1.4 more jobs are created as green jobs lead to more green jobs. But at this rate, skills demand is exceeding supply, as we've talked about before in the IF newscast. So 60% of young people will lack the skills necessary to thrive in the green agenda. There's obviously lots to be done today to upskill young people and make sure they have the kind of knowledge and skills that will be needed. Are there any specific events that are happening around International Youth Day then? The Department for Education and Social Affairs at the UN is putting on a webinar and this will offer critical information and data and will promote discussions and an exchange of ideas on green skills for youth. And it will feature perspectives from international organisations, national governments and young experts working in this area. So more of that online. So you can just Google that and you can find out a little bit more. All right, B, this sounds like an interesting week. Thanks very much. Thanks, Ian. In the Autumn Innovation Forum will be back in Amsterdam for this year's Sustainable Landscapes and Commodities Conference, our flagship event. Last week, I spoke with Innovation Forum's Hannah Homari about what to expect this year. Welcome to the Monday Briefing, Hannah. Thanks, Ian. Always good to be back. So we've got our big flagship Sustainable Commodities and Landscapes event coming up in the autumn. What will the event be focusing on this year? So taking place in Amsterdam on the 31st of October and 1st of November, as always, we'll be addressing the key environmental and social sustainability challenges and opportunities in soft commodity supply chains. This year, we're heavily focusing on policy. Specifically, we'll be discussing the upcoming European Union's deforestation regulation and its impact. Other key areas of discussion include how to link biodiversity, nature and climate goals, and how to ensure that supply chain transformation is farmer centric. We'll be incorporating the farmer perspective throughout the agenda a lot, which is, of course, so important to all these conversations. Yes, I'm really excited about how we're getting the farmers involved this year. We're thinking about how we're going to get them into sessions, perhaps having some interviews with them that we'll be including in the sessions. We've got some other innovations in format, haven't we? Talk a bit about them. We're planning quite a few new exciting things for this year. One of them is what we're calling the fifth room. This is an additional space for discussion that will be taking place alongside our four standard breakout tracks. In these fifth room sessions, we'll be having an honest conversation around some of the unspoken truths in sustainability. Participation will be required from everyone who joins, and we'll be discussing things such as the biggest mistakes we've made in commodity supply chain sustainability, what we can learn from them, how to measure and assess biodiversity trade-offs, you know, a bee worth more than a worm, for example. Lots of fun, interesting things here, and these sessions will have limited space, up to 20 people. Pre-registration will be mandatory, but more information will follow on that. Some really, really honest conversations to be had there, talking about some of the issues that often we shy away from a little bit when we're having these events. Any other innovations for this time? Yep. So we'll also be revamping some of the breakout session formats. So we'll be working on making these more interactive and outcomes focused. 
And then we're also currently thinking of new and exciting ways to get attendees involved before the conference. So looking at how we can maximize pre-conference engagements. Again, more details to follow here, but really looking forward to this year. Yeah, absolutely. Watch this space on the engagement side of it. We're thinking of how we can do that best. Anna, I know you've got some really exciting panellists lined up already. Can you give us some big names? We already have over 50 speakers confirmed. These include senior representatives from Mondelez, Nestle, Unilever, Coca-Cola, Kraft Heinz, Slime Derby Plantation, Louis Dreyfus Company, Diageo, Chibo, CDP, and many, many more. So be sure to check the conference site to see the full list of speakers. How can our listeners get involved, Hannah? You can sign up online now, register for your pass before Friday, 11th of August, and you'll save 300 euros. And then if you're interested in speaking or sponsorship opportunities, please do get in touch with myself or my colleague, Anita Thompson, who is the head of partnerships. All those details, of course, on the Innovation Forum website. Now's a really good time to get involved. You can save 300 euros on passes if you register by the 11th of August. Hannah, I will say this every time, but the event will come around very quickly, no doubt. So it will. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ian. All the details about the conference and how to register are on the Innovation Forum website. As Hannah said, there are still some sponsorship opportunities and speaker opportunities at the event. Just get in touch via the contact details online. The Monday briefing will be back next week and look out for the weekly podcast on Thursday. Until then, goodbye.